Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, that's at Kilgallen's Pub, as well as on Twitter. Follow me on all the platforms, simply at Joe Kilgallen. Big thanks to everyone on YouTube for uh, watching the videos and subscribing. I've got over, shit, probably almost two hours of stand-up on there. And speaking of stand-up, i got one of my favorite comedians on the planet on this episode of Kilgallen's Pub. The dude has been on, he's on the latest season of F is for Family. Fucking on Netflix, Bill Burr show, get on that. Also on Maniac, which is a Netflix show with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. I'm a big fan of, oof, I love her. And then um, his latest album is one of my favorites. Whenever I have someone in the car, I go, you got to listen to this. It's called Preferred Customer. You can check it out on Spotify and iTunes and in special form coming at you. Spring of 2020, we're putting it out there. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Craig. You're a goddamn salesman. <laughs> you are born for this. How are you, buddy? Thanks, man. Dude, it's the Maker's Mark. I got a brand new bottle of Maker's I Mark. I feel like an asshole not drinking, but I got sets tonight. So no, I gotta, and I'm don't you know, feel like an asshole. And my my brain is uh, is in shambles. It's been in shambles since college, so I got to keep it together as best I can. And man, that Maker's Mark smells good, though, buddy. It does, right? And it's I'm in the, the pub. I'm in Kilgallen's Pub. It's good to be here. This, well, cheers to you and yours, my friend. I'm going to tell you, it looks, it's even fancier in person than it looks. <laughs> the studio over here? It's even fancier. We got James Webb over there producing. James up, and his bitches. He's got a whole fucking just racks behind him. And racks and racks. Got, there's, a, there's a whole liquor cabinet over here. It's fancy. <laughs> you like it? It's fancy. <laughs> well, man, I'm, I'm happy you're on this. should uh, be called Kilgallen's Craft Cocktails. <laughs> Because it's upscale. It's bougie. <laughs> it's a fucking dingy basement in Chicago. But Kil- I like the cell you're making, Kil- my friend. Allen has gentrified his own podcast. I like it, man. I like it. Well, hopefully the, the feed's pretty good for our first time going live on YouTube. Um, dude, yeah. I, look, I don't promote alcoholism. You don't have to be a drunk to be on this thing. <laughs> I just like... <laughs> it helps. Dude, I'll, I'll, I've probably said this on the podcast in the past. On the podcast in the past. I love bars. And I remember in high school... We had to write what business we would want. I think I was like a freshman, and everyone wanted to own a bar. And I remember the teacher kind of looking at me like, what? Because everyone else had some stupid, like, I want to have a baseball card shop, or, you know, I'm going to own, like, a record store. You know, I was like a bar, which is weird for, like, a 14-year-old to have written. But it was always that atmosphere. I remember when I was a kid, every Christmas we'd go to Butch McGuire's, which is a bar in Chicago I'm sure you've been to, River North. And they had, like, a train around the top, and it was just, like, festive. And I liked the lively conversation, people being loud. Back then, people were smoking in there. I've been watching Mad Men recently, and I see, like, I hate smoking in bars, and I'm glad we don't anymore, but sometimes I see, like, old movies of everyone, like, having a cigar or it looks something. looks good. It looks awesome. It looks good, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. like the best time I've ever seen. Yep. You know, yep. I, uh, oh, I was at, a, my, my wife and I had a, we had to go to our cousin's wedding in Miami, and the, the, it was her uncle's daughter, and, uh, he, big cigar guy, cigars out by the bar, out on the patio at the Biltmore and Coral Gables dude it was fan- that talk about fancy it was fun and man smoking and drinking is uh it's a lost art it really is especially cigars art. yeah cigars yeah I mean well they think you, you can go to a cigar bar that's different but, but well let me pick your brain about this if you could enlighten me I almost had the opportunity it was a bunch of us at the comedy store I was with the, like Joe Bartnick who you know and Jason Law had oh, yeah. Burr, and sure. they were like, we're going to go to a cigar place. Let's all go. Yeah. And I got the invite. Yeah. But then the one they were going to ended up being closed, so then nothing ended up happening. We all ended up just going back to the comedy store. Right. You have opened for Bill Burr. Yeah, I work with him all the time. You work with him all the time. You you're do a voice on F is for Family, mm-hmm. which is that episode's out now, right? Or no, the this season? new season hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come I, out yet. I think yet. it comes out in the spring, maybe even early summer. I'm not even sure. Normally, I'm on top of that stuff, but as a dad, I've, I'm, well, I should I'm be on behind top of it. on everything. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Clearly, you're in it. You got the paycheck. We'll get it together. What's that dude like to smoke a cigar with? 
Oh, I mean, he's Phil Burr. He's he's a lot of fun. I mean, he he just cares about what he cares about, and he's a steel trap. Any opinions he's ever come up with, he they, he's got them all in a Rolodex, and he can pull them instantly. That's he makes it look so easy. What I love about dudes like that is, th- I always gravitated towards the comedians who are the same off stage as they are on stage, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's like the most genuine dude. Like, yeah, there's not. Yeah, yeah, he is. There's no phoniness to that guy. No, right? no, no. Yeah, no. He's. I mean. You know him. He's he's a great guy. I don't know him like you did. I met him a handful of times, but what was really cool was first time I met him was playing hockey, and I suck, and he knew I sucked, but he was cool. He skated up like, oh, I only just really picked up the game plan like a year ago, and you know, once we start chasing the puck around, you'll feel more comfortable. And was a really nice guy. Yeah. And then we were you know talking sports in general, and I said, what's great about hockey is it's one sport you really can't fake. Like, Nate, you're a bigger dude. What are you, 6'2", 200? Yeah, about. About. If you put on pads, your Green Bay Packers uniform. Yeah. And stood on the sideline. And Lambeau Stadium packed on a Sunday. And they saw number 17, Craig. <laughs> remember, number eight will give you. They'll be like, oh, that's probably just some new backup quarterback. <laughs> I'd be the punter. Or a punter. I'd, or I'd be, I'd maybe be the a punter. But punter. like, no, but I think you're big enough worth on pads. You're no smaller than Aaron Rodgers. On a, I could fake it on a, in, a, in an ice arena. On a football field, I think those guys are a little bit different. Well, I get it, but my point is, well, you're an actual hockey player, so this is a bad example for you. My point is, though, if I put on football pads and stood on the sideline, nobody in the crowd would be like, who the fuck is that phony? But as soon as I stepped into the ice, they would know this is not a hockey player. You can't fake that. You can't fake that. Or baseball, if I'm in a Cubs uniform and I get in the on-deck circle, no one's like, they'd be like, oh, they must have just called him from AAA. They wouldn't think (laughs) this guy doesn't belong. But hockey, they know as soon as you step on the ice, you don't belong. Why are his pants so baggy? Yeah. (laughs) Why is he leaning back like a fucking moron? You know what I mean? Does he know how to keep his weight over his knees? Oh, man. Yeah, that, yeah. Once you start, uh, getting Getting into the motions, you'll expose yourself. But uh, yeah, you can't fake ice hockey. No, Bill's a great guy. I mean, he's he's he is he's a lot like he is on stage. Like he's uh, he's if 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 he wants to talk about something, he wants to get to the to the heart of it, and that's uh, usually uh, full of interest. Huge opinions. sexist too, from what I understand. <laughs> 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 no, that shit cracks me up. We were talking about Joey V. Joey Via Gomez, everyone. By the way, check that out. He's been on the podcast several times. Oh, yeah. He was recently on the Ringers. Bill, the Ringers, which is on the Comedy Central app. Everyone check that out. He, he was talking about how, like, oh, yeah, you know, I had um, – we were talking to him on the podcast, and he goes, well, my daughters are big feminists. So at first, like, oh, Bill Burr. And I'm like, that same weekend, Bill Burr was producing Jessica Kirshen's – is that her last name, Kirshen? Kirsten, Kirsten, yeah, yeah. Her special. And I don't know. I just laugh about that stuff. I think the dudes who are honest are the ones who are less likely to be – freaking actual um, misogynist or sexist. It's the dudes that are like overly, and he has a joke about, I think Bird, a lot of comics has a joke about how the dudes that are like super one way, you can't really trust those fuckers. Yeah, yeah. I always say those are the dudes that are going to finger you while you sleep. Those are that guy. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? The one that goes out of the yeah, way to be yeah. like, I'll, I'm one of the good ones and I hate white men too, you yeah, know? Yeah, male feminist shirt. Yeah, I I, I just, uh, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, somebody, somebody trying to doing too much a lot of yes. people doing too much man too much. the internet is, is is the whole place is just doing too much dude it's not real life you know it's like you you can uh i don't know I, i'm all for being better people and yes and and being and evolving as a species and as a culture and as a society and every 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 stopping point along the way but the, but but you got to be reasonable. I mean, how how many generations are we to, uh, trying to evolve in one fucking Twitter exchange? Yeah, you good know, point. it's like it's like, dude, yeah, like not everybody. Would it be wonderful if we all had the brains 
that could wrap around being a gender that you weren't born as and also being like I like in my like a couple albums ago I had a bit about you know I know I know someone that I know a, a woman who was born a man who likes women and you know what I have to say about that not a goddamn thing because I'm not a fucking bully in gym class and like yeah, I just yeah. think you know it's <laughs> just how I was raised I'm not you know I'm not trying to tell anybody how they should and shouldn't be but there are a couple steps there I know that joke you're talking about there are a couple steps there like if you're just a regular person if you're a dude that grew up in your dad's garage you know, being a mechanic and you see the same 10 dudes most days and you don't ever get outside your comfort zone, it might take you a couple conversations. Right. And there's nothing wrong with those dudes. Right. I think a lot of times we're so quick to be like, well, fuck this piece of shit guy. And it's like, well, slow the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Though I think the big problem is like people like think that makes you a bad person. If you know, being ignorant does not make you a bad person. It just means you don't know shit and it'll take some time. And also on the other end, they're so quick to be like, no, here's the problem with the fuck. Like, whenever I see people just cancel the South, everyone, not everyone in the South is a piece of shit. It's a lot of lovely people down there. Although you know I mean? don't. They just, I, they're not exposed to you. I'll say, slow down. I'll say this. I don't appreciate this r- people getting canceled for doing Southern accents to sound <laughs> stupid. Okay? It's how I was raised. It's how I was raised. Okay? It's my, uh, how about this, South? It's my heritage. My heritage was being dumb in a southern accent. It's how I was raised. And fucking, to be honest, South, you got a lot of bad tape out there, okay? The entire fucking civil rights movement, you got a lot of bad tape, all right? A lot, all right? And I'm sorry, but, you know, ease off with the fucking snowflake reaction to my fucking southern accent stupidity bit. I'll evolve. It might take me a couple years. All right. Well, you know what? I was hanging out with some communities. Where, Hashtag you know, cancel talking. the South. <laughs> <laughs> Except New Orleans. I like fucking that part. That part's great. But oh, uh, Atlanta's great, fun. dude. South no, I, awesome. I love the South too, man. It's one of my favorite crowds. But dude, we were talking. It was a, it was a few. It was a mix, like a bunch of comedians. Uh, you know, Russ. I'm trying to name the ones who've been on the podcast for those things. Russ Williams, saying Abby Sanchez, Joey Gomez. And, and a couple of black comics who haven't been on the podcast yet. <laughs> it makes me sound bad. They're going to be on those soon. And um, we were talking about random shit, and then someone talked about, oh, there was like a funny video going around where they don't know what it originally is to, but everyone's been using it like as a split screen to do reactions of. You probably know the video because James is hip yeah. to memes. It's like a mother and daughter, they're reacting to something, <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're like, like, oh, my crying. God, and they're crying in this, and then all of a sudden the oh, father yeah. comes in to look, and he's like jacked up. <laughs> they're clearly watching something on TV, and it started with like, a black guy adding seasoned to chicken, and the white people are like, oh my god, they're freaking out, and then all sorts of other shit have been added to it. And then I interjected going like, I don't get where this came from. I always We always had chicken seasoned. Like, my grandma made great barbecue chicken, <laughs> and then he was like, well, even barbecue chicken, that's more of a black thing, so it's like, you know, you guys took that from us. And I go, oh, and another thing, stop saying white people don't have food or culture. Do you guys not eat Italian? Huh? You never had a hot dog and a hamburger, you fucking <laughs> right, dicks? Right, like, right. I was, they were all laughing because they knew I was making a good point. Right, right, right. But it was funny how, like, immediately... Look, have white people, American whites, I should say, American whites have ripped off a shitload of black culture from music to slang. Think about all the slang. Even the word cool, I think probably a black guy came up with. <laughs> now, that's not to say white people don't have good slang. Canadians have great slang. Great slang. Beauty. This guy's a fucking beauty. He's chirping me. I love that shit. Canadians are great with slang. The UK. Darts. Wonderful slang. Giver. Yeah, yeah dude. Hell yeah. Canadians are great with uh, nicknames. Um, Australians have great slang. It's just Fitzy, w- a, a tiny. Mar- 
American whites, we're just not good with slang because we have our own Americans. Yeah. I just look at it like it's American slang. It's not black or white slang. It's just American slang. Right. But also, not all black slang is great. On Fleek was real fucking dumb, <laughs> and that lasted for a horrible 18 months. Pretty we sure, all know On Fleek was stupid. I'm pretty sure white people didn't do bomb diggity. Bomb diggity was not us. We didn't do that one. We did dipshit. Dipshit is us. Dipshit's, Dipshit's not bad. Dipshit's a good word. Um, cocksucker, I feel like that's a white guy thing. I think our Italian friends came up with that one. Horseshit, that's white people. Horseshit's definitely. <laughs> anything with animal and then the swear, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, is definitely white people stuff. All right, well, let's slide into some other but stuff. How, but, how, but how absurd would it be for, for us to just claim horse shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not worth, it's not worth fighting over, and it's definitely not worth hating on i uh i think i think that uh you know i think that that it's just fun to pull rank on people yes it is i fun. think it's fun to um it's fun to be a victim it, it if you're if it, you have a sense of humor about it and you're tongue-in-cheek about it I think, it's sure, yeah. right it's it, yes obviously that yes yeah i i didn't it's it's it it's tempting to do these things it's tempting to be a victim it's tempting to you know, to put yourself in the in that situation where you know whatever, you know whatever gets you to go do whatever it, ha- it takes to motivate you. You know, yeah. whatever it takes to to make you feel like you're. I think your brain tricks the shit out of us. I think my mine does. It, it'll it'll always like it'll you know it'll always uh, fears easy, anger's easy, you know. And 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 the internet. What's what's better than fucking fuck you send. Oh yeah. Put your phone down. You know, like, God damn it, that's the most chicken shit way to get angry at somebody and to like and to just pull you know You know what's a fun way to fuck with people though? Here's something you guys can try too at home. Uh, when you're in like if you ever get like one of those heated exchanges on like Twitter or Facebook, um d- send one, like, you know, do your last point and then never respond again. Because the other person's fuming. Oh yeah. Because they're like, you didn't give me they, they don't get any satisfaction. You just hit send and then you're like, yep, done with that, and you never go back to it. Because they do a whole, where'd you fucking go? Yeah, where'd yeah. you go, dude? Uh, oh, am I winning? And you just know. Yeah. You're out at you the movies. You're having bro? fun. Yeah. Did I make you tap out? Because you know I'm right. You got to go look shit up. <laughs> you're looking up facts. Well, facts aren't feelings, bro. Well, you know all that shit. You started You started uh, a birther poetry slam, and so <laughs> I, I I did tap out. I did. I, I, tapped, I, 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 I tapped right out. I, myself. I tapped uh sleep on my cell phone screen <laughs> I, I came back to him once where i was like do i had to go grocery shopping i have a family i had right. shit to do yeah. <laughs> i had to go make love to my wife what and, were you doing and when you did that you lost yeah that's true yeah. To, anytime you do that because then you're, you came back you can't come back saying i don't i don't know man i think that uh you know the internet is is uh it's uh if everybody had the proper perspective it would probably have us on the way to uh to being uh, better, more thoughtful, more capable people with uh, understanding and perspective appropriate to our place in history. But being that it is uh, also a place for uh, reactionary, confrontational behavior, um, a lot of that gets lost. A lot of that gets lost, and unfortunately, a lot of that is uh, is even like uh, you know very progressive, thoughtful stuff that would really be uh, help people be uh, educated about each other. I agree with everything you just said. That's a very good point. I definitely see a tremendous amount of value in the internet. There are some things where at hype man on Twitter. Uh, there you, you go. No, I mean, there's some, <laughs> look, yeah, obviously we have our gripes with the internet, but we still use it. It's, it's become a utility, like your electric bill or your gas or whatever like that. And yeah, you, we all have that urge to be connected, but it is such a, a poison and people definitely get in their bubbles 
And the people who know how to just accept it and use it for what it is and can use it for good, because there are some good things. Like I've heard of people who have like a rare disease and they're able to connect with other people around the world that have that same rare disease. And because like, hey, look, there's actually a thousand of us that exist that no one knew about before. Now we could come up with some fundraisers and actually get some research and get a spotlight on it. That shit. Awesome. Dog videos. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Leaked trailers. Wonderful. Uh, porn, thank you. Like so many good things. Right? I even thought so, I even thought some of the venom, like when somebody loses it and like goes like w- you know way overboard, like with you know like out public racism, misogyny, like really kind of putting somebody on blast. You know, like somebody calling the cops on a black dude for trying to get into his building. You know, like yeah. those kind of videos, like that. Hey, clean up your fucking act, fix your behavior. I thought that was, but then. Uh, but Trump confuses me because there's like he can because I guess I thought that we were evolving to the point where we were not going to accept like, you know, certain types of behavior anymore. And the, at that, the, the, the fact that cameras were everywhere and that it was exposing a lot of these, you know, outbursts of uh, low level human fucking indulgence. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. People didn't realize that. OK, these a lot of these things aren't new. They've been happening, but now we have video proof in, in a lot of cases. And on the other side of that, it's gotten to the point where I think they just know how to divide, manipulate the media, all this. And we've heard this over and over again about how the media wants to keep us divided. But there is so much truth to that because I remember the 2018 statistics were that the fewest amount of civilians were killed by police ever in 2018. And the fewest amount of cops were killed in the line of duty in 2018. Those are two statistics that should be celebrated. Yeah. Obviously, there's work to be made, but we can't do that because everyone has to be fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, fuck you on the other side. And and that's why I think so many people are fed up, especially with the two-party system with the way shit is. Um, now, Trump is – it makes his rise makes so much more sense. And, you know, at the time, everyone was like, how did this happen? No, it makes sense. This guy was a reality TV star. He's been a name brand. He's been a name brand since the 80s. He was in Home Alone 2. And then the other side of that election was Hillary Clinton, who had been a name brand since probably the early 90s, even before she became first lady. People knew who the hell she was. And so therefore, Bernie, who wasn't known yet, Martin O'Malley, you know, and then the other 15 or six, there was like a shitload of people running on the Republican side in 2016. They were all trying to get position. It was it was it never started fair. Because it's about who's the name brand. Mm-hmm. And I look at the news networks the same way I look at ESPN. It's sports. It's red team, blue team. And now you have to stick up for your I, – I know people who on, – on especially on the red team – that it's like, dude, I heard, I heard Trump fucked your wife. Well, you know, my wife had to fuck him to make America great again. So, therefore, like, you know, what he did wasn't bad. That's because sometimes you got to fuck someone's wife to make – if you're a true wives. patriot <laughs> – True patriots, you know, I, I was happy to sacrifice. My you president know. fucks wives. Damn, damn straight, man. Not, you know who doesn't fuck wives? Probably the French president. Actually, he probably fucks a lot of wives, that guy. Is it still a dude in France? I mean, we're talking about France, right? Right? I'd hope so. I'd be disappointed <laughs> if the French president wasn't banging ass on the reg. You know what I mean? <laughs> on the reg? Black guy slang. Thank you for that one. See, all, we're all coming together. All my wives' friends fuck my... Uh, <laughs> I make sure all my wives have lots of friends for fucking. <laughs> Is that uh, your French accent? I mean, I tried. One. Okay, you tried, man. It seemed um, like Borat. You were doing Borat uh, as a French guy, maybe? Uh, my French is like, oh, you know, I just make grunts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I Dude, you do a good Pepe Le Pew. Oh. You have that great joke about Pepe Le Pew on your oh, album. Thanks, Guys, thanks. check out his Pepe Le Pew joke on his fucking uh, special called uh, Preferred Customer. All right, shifting gears a little bit. I, and that's what I like about this podcast. We go here, here, there. But I don't have that's a lot of time you, That's with what you. you like about your podcast? I do. <laughs> that's what I like about my podcast is that I don't have to prepare. I can just I come here and that. shoot the shit. I appreciate that. Let's shift gears. 
Show me how this fucking car All runs, right. buddy. No, there's no fucking, uh, there's no format to this thing, guys. Fuck off, James, for laughing so badly, uh, loudly in the background, making me look like a dummy. I'm cheap. Do we have any not... comments from anyone? Uh, Ron from, where is Ron? Ronnie. From Atlanta, Georgia says hello. So Ron, Ronnie. we, we said, Atlanta was the one we gave a shout out to. I fucking love it. Uh, and Raindog38 just said, howdy, Joe and James. What's up, Raindog? Uh, good to see you back. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, um. So I want to ask you about this because I remember you told me the story, but I want people to hear because I think it's such a cool like Hollywood type story or show business story, I should say. The TV show Maniac on Netflix, which is a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone attached, sure, big yeah, deal. These are yeah. two hot actors, movie stars everywhere. You, yeah, t- I mean, yeah. Um, the dad was what's the name? Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Yep, that guy's great too. Yeah, it was crazy. And you have a big part in it. You're in a, what, a few episodes. Justin Throw, Sally Fields in the show. It was, yeah, it's a wild yeah, show. It was, it, it, was, it was the best job I ever got. So it's, so far. So far. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Nate at NateCraig.com for booking. <laughs> so how did you get that part? Uh, the showrunner knew me from Chicago, and um, he said I got something that you might be right for. Um, send me your acting reel when I ask you. And he was like, boom, and he showed it to the director. And the whole the whole gag I was played one of Jonah's brothers, and the whole gag was that he's the black sheep of the family. Doesn't look like the family. Doesn't you know? So yeah, was, everyone. You look waspy. Right. The other brother looks very waspy. waspy. Right, right. So, so you know, I fit with the um, the Got great hair, Nate. Yeah, wonderful you, chin, thank jawline. You, Billy Magnuson. Dig for days, the, I bet. <laughs> Billy Madison. I do good with what I got. There you go. Uh, yes, I uh, I I love the whole cast was great. Um, I didn't really get along with. Uh, Jonah that well, but you didn't. He just stayed to himself. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, but I mean, you know, was he talking to a lot of people or just stayed to himself in general? He stayed to himself in general. It was weird. He was a he's a was he, he method a, acting because it's a weird character. I, yeah, uh, that was it. And I don't really fault people, even when somebody's an asshole to me. If they, you know, uh, if they, I feel like we've met before, and I know good goddamn well that they know who I am, and they're an asshole in Hollywood. I kind of just let that slide right off because you never know what somebody's dealing with and you never know how many people are trying to ask them for shit yeah totally so like you know but at the same time we worked together for like two weeks all told you know yeah i wasn't there every day he was shooting obviously and he wasn't there every day i was shooting but like a couple two weeks maybe worth of direct co-worker status and not um, much huh i don't think the word co-worker it means anything to that guy. I don't think he understands what that means. I mean, I think he he was raised out west, and he kind of went zero to movie star real fast, and just didn't really, you know, give a fuck about who was who was around, and and if there there was not there was really a low camaraderie element to it. You know, I don't excuse shit behavior, but I like how you brought up he went from zero to movie star so fast. Yeah. As not like an excuse for bad behavior, but there's reasons. I always try to like look at like, all right, why why did so and so end up like that? Right, Joe, because you know? we're evolved. <laughs> yeah, I like to figure out what the thing was. We're we're empathetic. We have an appropriate amount of empathy that helps us live our lives responsibly. Yeah, and with uh, with the proper perspective. I think so. I found out John Lennon was a terrible father to his first son. It, it crushed you. Yeah, and I was like, fuck. And then I was reading more about it. I'm like, all right, this kid was born when he was 22. His management didn't even want the public to know. <laughs> they didn't like he was married with a kid at 22, and they they kept it hidden because they the gir- girls love the Beatles. So they're right. like, John, you know, we don't want chicks knowing you're yeah. married because it's gonna be wow, bad for the image. And so that's crazy. And at the same time, 
that was a level of fame that was never reached before in human history. Yeah. No, they joked saying we were bigger than Jesus, but they kind of they were. I don't think people nowadays even realize how fucking big the Beatles were. Think about Beyonce and Jay Z. The Beatles pissed on them as far as fame goes. They yeah. were the biggest band on the planet from 1963, really, but and they came to America in '64, but they were already huge internationally before they came here to 1970. They were they had to stop touring in 1966. Because they couldn't, there was not speaker technology good enough to amplify their performances. Yeah. Have you ever watched like the concert footage of them when they're like on that stadium tour, like at Dodger Stadium or Shea Stadium? They're looking at each other like, I can't hear shit. Because it's just people screaming. People, 50,000 people showed up and screamed the entire time they played to the point where nobody heard anything but screaming. Because the technology just wasn't there to amplify them for that amount of people. You know, it was just, that's how, they did movies. They did fucking movies. A Hard Day's Night is in the t- AFI Top 100 Greatest Comedies of All Time, and it's a band. Like, that's fucking insane how you know big what? they were. Good, anyway, good though, yeah. for his management company for burying that kid because, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, had to, they, had to get across, they had to get there. They had to get to the promised land. They had to get across the pond, you and gotta, American women did not want to get a good management company to get you to the mountaintop. It almost excuses him being a deadbeat in a lot of ways, right? But yeah, so anyway, so Jonah Hill wasn't uh, wasn't cool, man. Man, I'll tell this story. I haven't told this story publicly, but yeah. So one told uh, Tr- uh, Sting's wife Trudy was wonderful and lovely to work with. She played our mother. Oh, cool. And then also uh, Jemima Kirk from Girls. She's the English. Oh, I know that. Never that name. From yeah. Girls, oh, real yeah. pretty, super sexy she voice. She plays the kind of the love interest yeah. involved with uh, the antagonist brother in the show. And they were wrapped, and it was after this. Uh, there's this big climactic scene and. It was shot in the middle of production, so they wrapped and they were done after that. So, real quick, the whole family and everybody around it was in, you know, dressed up for this scene, and it was a perfect picture opportunity. So the production wanted a picture of the family, you know, just in case the show gets whatever nominated for Emmy or whatever, you know, whatever happens, just to have pictures. It's a pretty big course. So they're like, so Jonah wraps. He's shot his thing, and and he. He runs off set and goes, and and they're like, okay, well, we need this picture. And so they they call him. He won't come, and he's not coming back. And finally, the the director has to go get him out of his trailer, has to walk out of this courthouse in the Bronx, walk four blocks to Jonah's trailer, get him out, bring him back. He's in street clothes, which is kind of a no-no as an actor. Mm. People still are got to be in character for the rest of the day. There's like, you know, 15 more takes to do, you know, that kind of thing. And so he comes in, flip-flops and his T-shirt. Everybody's been sitting there waiting for basically a family photo for about 15 minutes. Yes, like in a department store. Maybe maybe 20 minutes. Everybody's waiting on this movie star to take this photograph. And he literally walks in the room. He, like, ducks in behind all of us. And and as he's walking up, he, he he goes, just so you guys know, I don't like this stuff click and then he leaves and that was when i realized that like you know i was giving i was i like giving people the benefit of the doubt you know whatever it's not we didn't we weren't we weren't friends we didn't put each other in our cell phones or anything but that's when i realized like oh hi this dude's a cocksucker (laughs) this is fucking weird yeah why i don't know man i I don't think i don't like this stuff really (laughs) fuck you're a fucking executive producer on the show this is your show you don't like your fucking dream career. This isn't part of it. Interacting with human beings, all ecstatic because they're on a fucking multi-million dollar production, doesn't fucking gas you up anymore. You don't like being around that, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was silly, dude. It's like you don't know what you got. You just got no concept of what you got. You can, you don't like this stuff. We're all happy to be here because you're here, you fucking bitch. That that shit always just enforces that karma doesn't exist. It just reinforces it to me. Whatever, man. Like, how ungrateful you know, could you be? Like, I can't ever imagine a scenario in which I wouldn't be jacked up for that. And that, that shows you the difference between people who made it because they were like it was always there. Like when you grow up in it, like I don't know what his parents yeah. did, but like if you grow up with the entertainment industry right there, I know he was doing mm-hmm. movies when he was like sixteen and shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, but like I, I think you just lose a sense of reality so quickly. Where everyone I've ever heard of who made it from other places, you know, like I, I live in LA for years and I, I, I do a lot of background work on stuff. I remember being on uh, everyone. If you guys remember the People versus OJ Simpson, I was the cop that grabbed David Schumer's character. David Schumer tries to like break through to be like I'm I'm, yes. I'm fucking uh, the Kardashian guy uh, yes. uh, Robert Shapiro I got to get in there whatever the fuck his name was um, or I got to meet Shapiro or I don't know what the hell his thing was but I grab him how tries did to, like, I miss break you in. in that show it's just the side of my head I, I got a picture of it somewhere where you could really see my profile oh, yeah. he looks right at that's me that's an awesome show he's like I'm dude. on the list and the other cop has a line he goes there's no list I don't have a line but I, I do I have to like grab him and Schumer's a great guy yeah because we talked about Chicago and stuff like that really nice dude but anyway later on that one it's lunchtime and we're getting stuff and then. Uh, Someone says, like, all right, well, you know, background goes last. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, whatever fucking happens. You know, they treat you like the worst or whatever. Still a good gig, so I'm not bitching too much. But I remember someone on set, like, it was an assistant director who was nearby, and she wanted to be like, just so you guys know, I don't fucking like that. Because uh, I used to work on um, NCIS, and on our first day before we were a huge hit show, um, the someone said, extras wait last and Mark Harmon who's the star of that show was like well what'd you say no 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 we don't play favors on this set when it's time to eat people line up I don't care if they're making six million or if they're making sixty dollars everyone's equal on this set and that to me I'm like I started wow. watching that show because of that wow, that's not nice. that long because I'm not home on Mondays at CBS that's, but you know what I'm saying like I, nice of Mark Harmon. I like shit like that because I like when I hear people who have that power to flex that power to, because it's so that's the thing that kills us right now about like, I was talking about this, you know, because I, I got into Marvel movies. Real quick, I don't necessarily agree, but I appreciate yeah. that. Mark <laughs> you don't agree? Hey, you know, you guys, you know, extras, uh, whatever, they, they can, uh, they can <clears throat> still get the same food, you know? I don't like it when they don't get the same food. I'll draw the line there. Yeah. Well, typically, the actors get wrapped first anyway, but the idea that everyone was wrapped at the same time, and they were like, you get in the fucking back. I'll you stand you this, there. I'll tell you this. I understand. A, I think the workers should go first, the actual, a, like, as union a, people. As a character on the show. Well, they do. Yeah, they do. The ca- the crew goes first. The crew should go first. Crew does go first. Sweating. That I, so I don't. I'm not mad about that. Yeah. So then, if if your characters with a name, you should eat before the fucking background. Hey, dude, I've had parts too. When I was in Chicago Med, I had to be. You know how you stay in wardrobe. I didn't switch to fucking sweats. I had to be in a goddamn gown with my balls hanging out for all day long exactly. until they operated on me. That means you get sh- it. You should get your. You should get your meat sweats before the background. It's I, all fucking. I, extravagant. I just think he didn't like the idea of like you go, then you go, then you go. When mm-hmm. there was no reason for it, there's plenty of food. Everyone just get up and go. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, you probably I, saw actresses on their fucking phone texting. And then being like, yeah. can I cut lines? Like, no, you were fucking texting. Get your ass over there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, how much of that is of this, this assistant director? Just so you guys know, I don't like this. Okay, well, nothing's going to change, so thanks for making yourself look like a fucking She was saint. trying to score points? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Damn, she was trying to score points. Not to be a prick, but that could have been the dynamic. Well, I was just saying that, like, people flexing their power. You know, I was, I was talking about this with James. Remember we were talking about this like a month or two ago? So I was late. Disney Plus has all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. so I only just started watching a shitload of those like the last few months to catch up to see the last, you know, Endgame, the big one. And I kept thinking to myself, Tony Stark, this guy's a billionaire, and everyone talks about Batman, how he could have done more with his billions instead of just being a vigilante, beating the shit out of poor people at night. 
I think about like Iron Man, dude. He did like how? Why isn't there not one billionaire that's gone like? It's so easy to be loved. If you have a billion dollars, you know, easy to be, Elon to Musk. be loved. Elon Musk, yeah, but I think he's going slow with it, isn't he? Kind of, was he just digging holes? It's like I want to see some real fucking impact. The Tesla still only two percent of people could afford. Give me real impact. Oh, Don't Teslas are cheaper now, dude. Yeah, I got one that's like thirty-five k. Yeah, but still, how many? What percentage of Americans? And can he released all the patents 000? for free, so you can make an electric car if you got the skills, dude. That's big. That's, that's pretty huge. big. Is that enough for you, that. Joe? <laughs> all right, Elon. Thank you for being Tony Stark. God damn of this world. All right, I guess I'm not appreciative, You're man. Picking all the wrong horses today, yeah. buddy. Well, I like the story of you getting. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Fuck extras, and uh, fuck me, too. That's what I get. I got an extras mindset, and that's why I shall ever be. Forever shall I be an extra. Oh, man. That's what that's about. Are you, are you, are you me too and me on your own podcast? I definitely feel like a victim in some way. <laughs> it's enticing. That's what I did. Sorry. I'm sorry. Where, where were we going? Uh, I wanted to ask. I wanted to. You know what? All right. I don't have you for a whole long time, but I was going to say what's cool about Maniac, and thank you for that gem. Right, that's some cool backstory, uh, inside information. You I haven't ever told that. that story before, so hopefully yeah. that doesn't get us you in trouble. I um, don't give a fuck. It man. didn't get a second season, right? No, it didn't get a no. second season. Was no. it meant to? I doubt it. Can I be honest? I feel like a bad front. I watched the first couple episodes. It's all right. and I make it past that. Well, no, I mean it's it's. I didn't think you know I, whatever. You were good. Thank I remember you. watching thank it and being like at the dinner table there he is and you're yeah. telling him a fucking joke and I'm like fuck yeah there's yeah. you're laughing about something with your brother. I think it, you dropped an F word early on. So I was like oh this is perfect. He's that's good. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. And then to I see. came an episode where you were dressed up all crazy. There was like a dream sequence or a weird fucking alternate reality yeah, thing. Yeah, I helped Gabriel Byrne murder somebody with a drill. Yeah, yeah dude. Was, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. How was Gabriel dope. Byrne? Was he cool? The best. Cuz you know where he's the from? Best. You know where he's from? Ireland. Fuck yeah, that's why he's the best. He is. You know he played fucking. You know he played fucking. No, you know Gabriel Byrne played fucking. I think he played for soccer for the national team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think that's true. I think he was a badass professionally at some level. There's a couple. And that Vinnie Jones was played for like England too. He's a dude that's been in a lot of UK. Gabriel stuff. Byrne was the best. Emma Stone was the best. Was she cool too? Yeah, nice. the best. I so, mean, so just one guy. Just one and guy. And why? 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 I don't know. We don't know what's going on in the world. I guess it's tough. That's what it takes to be a to be a quality actor you have to be tortured on the inside <sighs> i guess man i don't know they say daniel day lewis is like that where he's just in character but when it's wrapped yeah. he's a nice dude they're like oh he's a great guy once it's wrapped right. but i guess he's yeah i understand character. if it's when you're in character but this motherfucker walked back with his fucking you know fucking all day rose shirt on and fucking <laughs> Like all day, that is true. He does have this image. He has this. I bet a bunch of people listening right now are going to be like, "Fuck, really? That sucks." I would have figured Jonah Hill would have been cool. Yeah, he definitely portrays this image of like, "I'm a silly fuck. I wasn't super bad. I'm cool. I'm one of you guys. Let's like laugh at the same bullshit." You know, ha ha ha. You know, look at his me. characters are all super likable. All of them. Even like in Except Moneyball, for the one the in Maniac, gene. really. Yeah, it was unlikable in Maniac. So maybe that's why. Maybe he was trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. I hope you work with him again. <laughs> I do because I want you to come back on and be like, "Hey, man." Well, you know. if he watches this podcast, I'm sure I'll be brought on. Uh, yeah. He's in the chat right now. <laughs> That'd be great. Man. <laughs> you gave me some great advice back in um, 2015 when I was releasing my first <laughs> album. I'm sure, I did. I was. <laughs> you fucking did. I was talking to a couple labels, and. You then brought up a documentary. It was a 30 for 30. Do you remember which one? 
Ooh, was it the Spirit of St. Louis? Yes, it was. Hell yeah, dude. Now, I've got, we don't have a ton of comedian listeners, but I know some of them check it out from time to time. But this also is good advice for people. You don't have to be a comedian to dig this advice. No matter what you do, think about what your value is in this sense. The Spirit of St. Louis is the one about the ABA team. Thank you. Summarize it for everybody. It's uh, the ABA is getting bought up by the NBA. It's like the the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Spurs, the Spurs, the Warriors, uh, some a couple, four or five four teams, four teams, and one, and these to, the brothers that owned this team in St. Louis, the Spirit of St. Louis, wouldn't sell the team until they kept getting. So the league's coming at them with deals, and you got to watch. When we, it's, it's about the deal that they make at the end. These two brothers, that's yeah, still in place. Point. It's a great thirty for thirty. Bonkers! Like that one of the guys at the end of the documentary is like, I don't know if that was the best deal in sports. It might have been the best deal in deals. Yeah, it's the best deal in <laughs> any crazy. deal that's ever it's been a crazy. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember you telling me, watch that, and there's a word I want you to remember. It's called imperpetuity. Imperpetuity, buddy. And I was like, all right, all right, watch it. And I just was baffled because, like you were saying, they, they held out to sell. And they were smart enough to see TV coming mm-hmm. because their dream was to own an NBA team. But they were going to absorb four teams, and St. Louis was not one of the four teams. They were going to just, extra, you know, get rid of it because I guess St. Louis had the St. Louis Hawks before, and they failed miserably. So they're like, ah, St. Louis is in a basketball town. We're not going to bother with St. Louis. And uh, and they were like, well, we want the TV rights. So they gave them like a percentage of the TV deals of just the four other teams that they were absorbing. Right. And to this day, those two brothers get three hundred, four hundred million dollars a year for doing nothing. They a don't do anything. Year? They don't do anything. Yes, because yeah. at the time. Four per five percent was jack shit. Now these TV bi- the deals for each team, the TV deals are in billions, and they've got the five percent or ten percent maybe. Uh, I'm making up the number, but they definitely are getting six nine figures. They're getting over hundreds of millions of dollars for doing nothing, sitting on their ass. They are hundred hundred millionaires off of that deal. Yeah, they saw something. They saw something, and they and again, it was the greatest deal in the history of deals. But where does this pertain to me as a comedian? So I was thinking about, all right, do I go with uh, this record label or go with that record label? There was two in particular, and you were like, well, I said no to another one for another reason, but you specifically said watch that, and then you also said, listen, dude, if it's not major label, they're not going to sell you any more copies than you're going to sell yourself, essentially. Also, they get they own 50%. They're going to get fifty percent of the revenue, and they own the material with you. I think it's like a co-ownership. They're going to they're going to get the rights owner royalties, and you're going to get the artist royalties. That's your standard deal, and usually the right it's it's about fifty fifty. Yes, depending on the platform, the rights ownership can be a little bit more, the artist can be a little bit more, but it's it's right down the middle. And some people might think, well, if they're giving you the exposure, maybe the fifty fifty worth it. Well, all right, you know, this was, you know, and now, nowadays, if you're an unknown artist or an unknown anything, you almost want to. T- take that 50% gamble on yourself in a way, invest in you. And furthermore, what I like what you were telling me was that uh, you're like, obviously a major label opens different doors for you. And there's a lot of good mid mid level or indie labels that are great. You know, a lot of great bands have put on indie labels, but you mentioned, Hey, this comedian, this comedian, you named several big name comedians. One of which I'll say his name, Hannibal Burris. He put his first album out with a label that I was talking to. And you mentioned, hey, every time he puts a new album out, guess what? The old albums sell. Mm-hmm. And ever since you mentioned that back in 2015, these five years now, I then, every now and then, I'll check the iTunes charts. And I noticed, oh, Gaffigan had one that came out three weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Four of the top ten on iTunes are Gaffigan, Gaffigan. records. Yep. And Mulaney just put a new one out. Now all his back ones start to sell. Right. And then they sell on Spotify. And then the you know XM Sirius, they, they get more rotation, so they get royalties there, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shit. So that's where the imperpetuity is. You get that money forever. Mm-hmm. So if you keep it 
and you keep putting the stuff out independently on your own, which we all could do as comedians, it's the, the technology's there, it's really not hard for us to do, create your own label, so to speak, is that when you do hit it big, when you be, you know, this is again, gambling on yourself, when you do, you know, become the star you wanna be or whatever, or you reach that audience, that back catalog that you held on to yourself. Yeah, it benefits you every different way. Right, the numbers increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hannibal had an issue where he wanted to put a joke, he was doing that show on Comedy Central called Why, and he wanted to do a joke that was off that album. So he had to get permission from the label, and the label was like, well, Comedy Central's gonna have to pay me. And so it was like a whole thing where it's like, this is fucking, you're being a dick, you don't have to do it this way. But he's like, well, this is why I do these deals, so in case of you. And so it's kind of like it was shady and shitty Right, and then they just was like, "Well, fuck, I'm not gonna do it." And now I've heard um, that he—I'm not. Don't quote me on this directly, but this is the rumor that I've heard from several smart sources that he's gonna re-record that album, but <laughs> each joke's gonna be slightly different, and then put it back out so that way he re-owns the material. Good for him. other people who have, I've heard other comedians done some yeah. of their stuff. Well, here. that's why when I mean, you would see, you would hear it when like uh, you know, like a House of Pain track or like a, the Far Side released uh re-released a couple you know an album and they had a couple be- like bass lines it was like why does that song sound just a little different yeah you know P- P- officer please doom 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 they came out with like a, a version with like a really awful bass line and it's just off enough so you're like i don't want to listen to this it's, it's just not so the original <laughs> yeah. it's not the original but like as a comic you can just do it it, it, it improves over time it almost it does because the, the bits a improve bit over time tag. you're like yeah how many times you listen to an old recording you're like ah i tell that joke so much better now it's like ridiculous i, I wish that wasn't on the internet but it is you know yeah i i mean i got i feel like i i got lucky man i there was um I probably could have got a label to to do my first digital album. You know, like I had a couple of CDs I used to sell on the road back in the day. But like I know my I first, bought one. The one first, was called uh, I made you Circus. I made you. No, you gave that? it to me. I, I gave. It. I think you gave it to me. Your guy. You would never Jesus. make me pay for it. <laughs> would you circus. stop attacking me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I bought it. You you made me pay fifteen bucks, and it was an open one. You were like, I can't. The unopened ones I give to real people. You could have this open one, but it's still oh, full price. Oh, man. It was just a fucking... Scratch, too. You're like, go oh, skip tracks eight and nine. It's, it's fine. It's a DVD of you taking a shit. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that's Sorry. I don't know why that alarm's going. Hot, hot shot getting a phone call over here. Sorry, buddy. Well, let me update everyone on uh, the big uh, special recording we did last week. I, it reminds me of re-recording stuff. You're we, a machine, dude. We, thank you, buddy. We put two clips, or two of the clips... Uh, I had two like individual ones. Two that we or released. three? It was a couple. no two. Was it two? Yeah, it was two. The um, the joke about mass shootings. Yeah, and then um, the millennial one. Yeah, and uh, what we did was I have I'm gonna call those 2.0 because I had a I had a mass shooting joke and there was two mass shootings like two days before. Sure, and it was a joke I just riffed on stage and it like was like, perfect. It killed. Yeah, and so I put it on YouTube and people on YouTube liked it a lot. But then I thought of a new second half to it. So I'm like, well, I'll still record that. At the very least, it's not on the album. Because I'll still release it as an album. Although it'll be, we're going to release it exclusively to YouTube first. Then a couple months later, I'll drop it on Spotify and iTunes and all that shit. To like much less of a push. Or I'll still push it. But you know what I'm saying. It's more about watching on YouTube. So I, I understand that whole idea of like change it a little bit. And that's the thing with comedy that's cool. Is our jokes get almost better over time. Because right. we could add little stuff to it. Yeah. So those two, I definitely had a whole second chunk where I'm like, oh, people are going to like this better. I don't think I was really going to care. If they heard like the developmental version versus yeah, the newer version, that was an idea I, I had a, a, a while ago. I was like, man, maybe I could just do the same bit on every album, and just <laughs> just as like a, just to show how bits evolve. I thought I th- that was like my intent of the idea. I was like, yeah, and then 
and then you know you then of course you got to force it into the into the hour somehow if that's really what you're going to do yeah yeah um well yeah the one worked out pretty good because it was all about america and then i, I shifted into another thing so i was like oh, i could keep this in i know you mean about the the development of the joke there is a, a nirvana one of my favorite bands there's a song called sappy that's a really great song Every time they went in to record an album, they recorded Sappy, and at the last minute, Kurt was like, nah, I don't want it on the album. And he kept taking it off the album, taking it off the album. So there's like six versions of that song that exist. Each one is different. A couple are like the same, but you're like, all right, I see how this developed. Oh, and a- people were like, he was eventually going to put it on an album, right? It was. I think it was released as a B-side or as a something after he died. But it was never, It was they, every time they brought it to the studio, they're like, this is going to be, here's the tracks we're going to do. I think a lot of bands do this. They'll record about 15 to 16 songs, and then they get it down to 12, and then yeah. they leave a couple off, and a couple they'll throw as B-sides, or a couple they'll be like, we'll save it for the next album, perhaps. you know. And so it was interesting that that one just kind of changed just a little bit over time. You could see it like develop and progress, and then he just never put on anything. Oh, man, I, that's a, I would love it if they put out all six versions on like the same release. That'd be that'd be great to listen to. I mean, for a music Well, from, like, for a music fan, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. It starts with the slow song, where it's just him as an acoustic. Yeah. That was the version where he wanted it to be just like him, you know, like yesterday by the Beatles, just him, like, you know, one guy with the guitar. Then it's like, all right, let's get the drums in. And then it became like, a, there's a fast paced version, there's a slow paced version. Like, Polly has that. There's a fast version of Polly and a slow version of Polly. And you know the Nirvana song, Polly, right? I, 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 I mean, you, I you know think. if you heard it, it's pretty, like, slow. Are you going to try to play it, James? No. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble I'm for copyright shit. Yeah, they'll kick us off. It's fucking, ugh, it's annoying with that stuff. <laughs> um, all right, well, dude, I want you to, you're, you're in town here. Um, I don't want you to miss where you're going to be, so we'll wrap up on this. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up is I was talking about this with my wife. I couldn't do it last summer because we had like some family stuff, and sadly, last summer was the last summer of your 4th of July party. Uh-huh. I kept saying, I got to go back to L.A. because you know, I, I lived there for three years, and I went to the 4th of July party every year I was there. Oh, man. And I kept saying, like, you know what? I want to make it so that I go back to L.A. a couple times a year. And I, go I remember this, times I had a hilarious moment with you at one of those parties. Yeah, oh, we could tell I that story, fucking, too. I was fucking tripping my face off. And you guys would always. There would be a group, big I group used, you tripping. I ate mushrooms and acid too, pretty right? much every year. Or just acid, mushrooms, yeah. Yeah, acid or mushrooms. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> there were the best 4th of July parties in the city of L.A. And, in Venice. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Del Rey. Bulletproof, bulletproof location. It was right by the marina. There's where the you know millions of dollars oh, of fireworks. And then, and then and then uh, six blocks from the beach. So you could do. He would the jump whole, into the ocean by himself. The whole neighborhood was, was popping off. Fuck you know, man. it was just like a perfect spot. It was perfect. And then I'd take somebody down there. You know, fucking Andre came. Brooks came. Yeah. People came. You know, down to the my, this is Eric Andre Brooks Whelan. I'd I'd name pop a pop a couple beers and <laughs> yeah. uh, I tried to do it without doing it. I you know? know I wanted to do <laughs> and, it uh, and and uh, and then I you know watch the watch the fireworks on you know on acid or something in the in the ocean and then come back and fucking you know party all night and that was it. But one one year, my fucking toilet exploded. These two chicks went in and just and I got and somebody's like, dude, your toilet's a mess. And I fucking went in there. And there's shit on top of the fucking toilet. Like it was like my toilet literally like was like had been going all day, had been working double time, and like these <laughs> chicks went in there and just, you know, like you try to be like that's uh, the, the, I empathize. You know, you're a dainty gal. You got it. You you got it bottled up all day. You've been eating fucking. You ate the same chili cheese dogs we did, and you're just supposed to fit in those shorts. You know? Can you imagine, dude? Just fucking. And these chicks went in there. And double teamed my fucking bathroom, and it's not a fucking state of the art. I mean, this is, this is an old court. We got a courtyard. These are built for like Korean War vets. Like the, my whole block was like 1950s, like you know, like old fucking yeah, totally. old everything. 
And and this place was a fucking war zone, and the fucking water is just coming out of this toilet. Shit, everything, fucking everywhere. And I just like grabbed the toilet mat and I and I dammed up the door, and I was like, I fucking got this. And I started freaking out, and everybody, and I was like in there. I was like, nobody, there's nobody else is gonna fix my fucking toilet. That's there's party. shit everywhere. There's a party going on right, and I'm on. I'm hard on fucking hallucinogens and i'm just like i you know i can handle my fucking drugs and i'm just like but i'm not gonna handle them well right now and i'm fucking yelling at people at one point i put on these blinky sunglasses with the fucking neon frames just to let everybody know that i wasn't losing my mind everybody's like he's peeking help him stop him and my buddy jay my fucking business party comes up he's like are you okay bro i'm like i'm fucking fine dude i'm fucking up to my knees and shit but i'm fucking fine let me deal with this and i'm fucking just like throwing shit into a bag and I'm like wh- I'm using up towels and I got everything fucking in there and I fucking rip my shirt off I got no fucking shoes on and I fucking pile this shit into a garbage bag I finally get everything barely cleaned up to the point where I can come back and address the fucking hygiene matter of it and I walk out my door with the fucking two bags full of shit covered garments oh. and Joe's out there Joe's out there watching me he goes put your fucking shirt on hero <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like stopped. I like looked at you. Uh, like I just been yelling for fucking twenty minutes straight. I just looked at you, and I was just like, I just kept walking. I just kept walking. I thought it was the fucking funniest thing yeah. ever, dude. Oh, man, I thought hilarious. you were talking about the time I said that. Uh, that was one year. The next year, I think my last year there, I saved your ner- your neighbor's birds. She had birds oh, in a fucking cage. Dude, you are a he- you're still a hero in my courtyard for that. Uh, yeah, it was outside, oh, and some, some drunk guy or drunk girl she, fell back into it, and they went to go tip over cage. a big bird cage with like her. This the loves fucking of her guy lives. diving one arm fucking yeah. grab. Odell Beckham, that shit. Odell guy. Beckham, the bird cage with the bird in it, sang to the bird as they were going. <laughs> Sang to the bird, landed, handed the bird up to fucking. Yeah, that woman loved me. She yeah. was like, oh, my God, she gave me a big hug Virginia. and stuff like that. Virginia. She sweet, still sweet talks lady. about that. That's fucking hilarious. That's hilarious, man. Man, you got are there, a fucking dude. legend. Well, you know what? You didn't need to come to the last one. Yeah. You got 10 years done in five. <laughs> you accomplished everything you needed to do at my 4th of July party. Well, why'd you decide to end it, though? What made it? What will end on this? 10 years? Just was that a good round number to end it on? I'm not going to pick up my carpet anymore. I'm not going to roll up my carpet. <laughs> You're married now. Around. I'm married. My yeah. wife. We, we've, we're happily ever after, And dude. she, you guys live the same? You live yeah, there still? still come out. We'll party, but oh, I'm yeah. not going to have fucking 500 people i'm not dude it was like 500 people james i'm not kidding you dude it was i'm not i'm not shooting flare guns into the air for my fucking plumber anymore i'm not doing that shit and you got a taco truck that went a couple times taco taco truck was the best yeah those are parties are fun i remember when the taco guy pulled up thinking it's fourth of july why are we having half dogs and hamburgers and later being like oh no this was a way better call such a better call they would set up so good him and his they would just fucking they would mop all day. Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, there were so many good people there, so many yeah. funny people there. Got to know other comedians, like, better. Like, comics you just see around a little bit where you, like, really get into a conversation with them. You know what I mean? It was fun. Great time. All right, man. Where could everyone find you? Where are you going to be? Where is it? Where could, you know? Um, I'm Hilarities in Cleveland this weekend. Um, there with the Sklars Friday and Saturday. It's my show Sunday. I'll be at uh, JFL Northwest, open for Bill Burr on February 20th. First and second, I think. 20th, oh, yeah. 21st, and then I'll be there on the 22nd. I'm doing uh, a couple other sets that Saturday. And then uh, NateCraig.com, Hype Man on Twitter, Nate Craig Live on Instagram, Preferred Customer, streaming now on all your uh, preferred streaming sites. It's so good. I'm not kidding you guys. It's I'll really, release, really fun. I'll release the special uh, Like a Professional with uh, 
with uh, the advice of my good buddy Joe Kilgallen here. Oh, hell yeah, dude. All right, well, everyone, thanks for listening. This is our first time going live on YouTube. I hope the people checking on YouTube loved it. Uh, more content coming your way. Check out the Patreon because James and I are editing uh, comedians in basements drinking 40s, and there's going to be some unedited versions that we're putting on the Patreon starting soon. A lot of good soon. extras. Uh, I know I haven't posted on the Patreon in a few weeks, so thank you to the people who still subscribe to it. Shout out Jonah Hill. Shout out to Jonah Hill. <laughs> Fucking super bad. What's up? Fat fuck? No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm even that. <laughs> Nothing to do with his weight. See, Whatever. I'm glad he does like that Oprah see. thing where he goes skinny fat, skinny fat. I, mean, I don't know why I made it a weight thing. Versatility. 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 Hey, you were good and get him to the Greek or some shit. I don't know. All right, man. This has been Killgun's Pub, everyone. Cheers. Bye. So fucking funny, man.